A patient presents to the ED with a TIA after superb management by our physicians on staff. We sent him home with medications. Which medications did we send him home with? Hello, everyone, and welcome to our brand new podcast co-hosted by three third-year medical students in New York City, Jack, Daniel, and myself, Gabe. Our goal on the RICU podcast is to break down and discuss the latest and most seminal clinical research articles published across general medicine and its subspecialties, surgery, OB-GYN, peds, and emergency medicine. Our hypothesis and personal experiences are that medical students, as overwhelmed as we are, fall behind in reading medical journals and miss out on important and clinically relevant research breakthroughs. So our goal is to, in just 15 minutes per podcast, take an important study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, JAMA, and other first-rate medical journals and break it down for you in an entertaining, succinct, and enlightening way so that you walk away from each podcast with a strong and impressionable, impressionable understanding of the article so that you can be more knowledgeable, have intelligent discussions with your residents and attendings on your rotations, and provide a higher quality of care for your patients. The way we're going to break down each article discussed is by first reviewing the pathophysiology and pharmacology behind the study. Then we'll break down the study giving you all the information you need. And lastly, we'll explain any statistical terms and data. You can always reach out to us at the team at gmail.com. That's the R-I-C-U team at gmail.com on Facebook or Twitter, Twitter at the RICU team. We're the RICU team, here to revive research among med students, residents, and healthcare workers. And by the way, RICU stands for the Research ICU. Thank you, Gabe. So for our first podcast, we're discussing a journal article that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine titled, Ticagrelor and Aspirin, or Aspirin Alone in Acute Ischemic Stroke, or TIA. This was published in July 16, 2020, Volume 383, Number 3. But before delving into the article, we are going to discuss a few terms that were mentioned. So Dana, why don't you start us off today and discuss what is the difference between a TIA and a CVA? Sure, okay, so a TIA, you could learn most of the things you need to learn from it from the word itself. It's a TIA, it's a transient ischemic attack. Transient means it lasts less than 24 hours. Ischemic means ischemic as opposed to CVA, which could either be ischemic or hemorrhagic. And attack is just means that there's a loss of function involved. So a CVA is where the loss of function lasts more than 24 hours, and a TIA is when it lasts less than 24 hours. All right, thanks, Daniel, for explaining that to us. Another point to mention before delving into the article are the medications that were used. So the three medications that I'm going to discuss is aspirin, ticagrelor, and clopidogrel. Now, aspirin works by inhibiting the COX enzyme, which converts arachidonic acid to thromboxane A2. And clopidogrel and ticagrelor have the same method of action, which block the P2Y12 receptor, which blocks ADP. So just to clarify, they don't have the same mechanism of action. They don't. It's, they have the same outcome. Exactly. They both are antiplatelet drugs. However, they have different methods of actions. Now, an interesting point that was brought by the article was that ticagrelor is different than clopidogrel, even though it belongs to the same class, because clopidogrel 
needs to have meta hep uh, hepatic metabolism before turning into its active metabolite. But Tigagreller doesn't have to, and it's just right away metabolized and it's able to be used. Now, Clopidogrel, because it needs hepatic conversion, this hepatic conversion is missing in 25% of white, of white and 60% of Asian. And therefore, the efficacy of Clopidogrel can be decreased in those patient populations. And that is why it is dangerous, and that is why the researchers chose to use Ticagrelor instead. So we see a clear benefit of Ticagrelor over Clopidogrel, and that Ticagrelor is ready to go. It doesn't need to be uh, activated by the liver. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Daniel, could you just uh, remind us what thromboxane does? So thromboxane A2 is a stimulation of the platelet factors, uh, meaning that it makes new platelets. In addition to that, it also calls all the platelets that are made into the same spot to make a hemostatic plug. And so that's what aspirin is blocking. So I'm not sure we mentioned this, Jack, but aspirin is a COX-1 and COX-2 irreversible inhibitor. I don't think we mentioned that, right? No, we didn't. Thanks, Dana, for pointing that out. I will always be here to point that when you miss things. All right, Gabe? Okay, and the last thing that we just want to discuss that the article uh, mentions is this NIHSS scale, which is a stroke scale, which basically is a score from 0 to 42, and it measures severity of stroke based on uh, 11 different criteria. Now, you can Google the 11 different criteria if you'd like. We're not going to discuss that. But our article here is specifically discussing patients who have a score of less than 5. Why? Because those people are considered a mild to moderate um, group, and they're not going to receive uh, any type of stent or uh, invasive procedure for their stroke. So that's what the article is focusing on. People who are just getting this antiplatelet therapy. All right, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to delve into this article. So this article was a classic randomized placebo-controlled double-blind trial. And so it mainly had two groups. One of them received ticagrelor and aspirin, and the other one received aspirin and a placebo. Now, they received them for a 30-day regimen, and the ticagrelor was 180 milligrams loading dose, followed by 90 milligrams twice daily. Now, aspirin was 300 to 325 milligrams on the first day, followed by 75 to 100 milligrams daily. Um, and they received a, a matching placebo in that group. So that's how the trial was set up, and they were trying to measure three different variables. The primary outcome was stroke or death within 30 days. The secondary outcome was a subsequent ischemic stroke. And the third variable was an incidence of disability within 30 days. Uh, one of the primary safety outcomes was severe bleeding. Right, which you would expect with the dual antiplatelet therapy. Exactly, that's what they were afraid of, and so they were trying to see what are the risks of using dual antiplatelet therapy versus aspirin alone. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to delve into the results. Now, what did they find? So they, took, they had a trial of 11,000 patients that were in the two groups, and for the primary outcome, which is a stroke or death within 30 days, they found that in the dual antiplatelet therapy group, it was 
and in the aspirin alone it was 6.6%, which is higher. That had a P variable of P value. P value of 0.02. So people on aspirin and ticagrelor had a lower incidence of death and stroke within 30 days than those on just aspirin and placebo. Exactly. So the secondary outcome is in a subsequent ischemic stroke or death within 30 days. And that was found to be 5% in the dual antiplatelet therapy group versus 6.3% in the aspirin group. So they had a lower amount of a subsequent stroke in the dual antiplatelet therapy group. The instance of disability did not differ significantly, and the risk of severe bleeding occurred in 0.5% in the dual antiplatelet therapy group versus 0.1%. So the main gist of it is that the primary and secondary outcomes were decreased in the dual antiplatelet therapy group, which is a good thing. It means they had less stroke, less death. However, they had a 0.4% increase in severe bleeding. So the article itself does not delve into recommendations and what to do. So this is the article and they just put it out there for us to discuss. Okay, so I think like if an attending uh, ASTO, uh, you know, what would you give uh, this patient? I I would say the gold standard right now is aspirin alone. However, I did some research and the research shows that dual antiplatelet therapy could be beneficial but more research has to be done. Mm-hmm. And I think that would impress the attending. Right, you would say possibly, you know, they're looking into aspirin and ticagrelor. Exactly. And just one quick question to ponder before we end off. If someone's having an ischemic stroke, would you give them oxygen therapy or not? This is a paradoxical question because if you give them oxygen, you're going to lower their CO2 levels, leading to vasoconstriction of the cerebral vessels, which would make the stroke worse because you're not getting any blood going to that part of the brain anymore. But on the flip side, you don't have oxygen going there because there's no blood going there. So maybe every little bit of blood that's going there, you want to fill up with oxygen. What do you think? Let us know, please, at thericuteam at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at thericuteam. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 